Hello and welcome to our worship today on 27th of June 2021. Just past the summer solstice, it's darker and darker from now on. Never mind, soon be Christmas. As always in these fractured and fragmented times, we're reminded of the reality of the church. It's not about buildings. It's about the host of people throughout the world who are worshipping God today in all sorts of circumstances from large exuberant congregations where that's allowed to small secret gatherings where there's persecution and maybe alone in private for those who are unable to join others in worship and of course today in the Methodist conference live and online no wall is high enough no ocean wide enough no virus powerful enough to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in the church on earth. Today some of us are gathered in Trinity Methodist Church for a live service, others will be listening on video or on audio and our friends in Prenton Methodist Church will be listening to the recorded sermon later on as part of their own arrangement service. But we're all gathered together as one in Christ. Let's call one another to worship in our hearts, reaching out to those we know and love wherever they are, as we unite in praise and worship. Let's remember right at the start that we bring nothing except empty hands and often wounded hearts. We try not to come out of habit or duty, but with a desire and a need to connect with God to touch the hem of Jesus's garment and to know something of his power, to feel that through the Holy Spirit, he has strengthened us and healed us. Well, that's why I'm here anyway. Let's recognize our complete reliance on God as we begin with our song, Only by Grace Can We Enter. Only by grace can we end. 
grace can we stand not by our human endeavor but by the blood of the lamb into your presence you call us you call us to come into your presence you draw mentioned that the Methodist Conference is taking place in Birmingham and Methodist Conference worship will be taking place this weekend overlapping with our services. I don't know if they're singing this hymn today but it's pretty traditional at conference. It's a Charles Wesley hymn that reaffirms our trust in God and our faith that we won't flounder in the desert but will be led in the right way. Captain of Israel's host and guide. Now let's pray together. How good is the God we adore, our faithful, unchangeable friend, whose love is as great as his power and knows neither measure nor end. Tis Jesus, the first and the last, whose spirit will guide us safe home. We will praise him for all that is past and trust him for all that's to come. 
for all the blessings of today, for the love of family and friends, for every kindness shown me by others, for the gift of courage, for the strength to face adversity, for the knowledge that you are always with me, I lift up my heart in love and gratitude to you, O Lord. Amen. As we come before God, we remember our need of him and of his forgiveness. Heavenly Father, what a gracious God you are. Your spirit brings us to conviction and your kindness leads us to repentance. There is no other God like you, so eager to redeem, so patient with us and full of unfailing love. If you repaid us for all our transgressions, we would be in debt forever. But our hope is sure, for it's built on nothing less, nothing more and nothing different than the riches of the gospel. As you've forgiven us and declared us righteous in Christ, so make us more and more like Jesus. We ask this in his merciful and mighty name. Amen. Our next hymn picks up the theme of confession and forgiveness as we listen and sing together, Lord, we turn to you for mercy. Say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Psalm 130 Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Let's reflect on those words as we pray for ourselves and for the world. Lord, this is a waiting time. Like the psalmist, we feel we've been in a dark place for too long and we're watching for the dawn. Lord, bring your light. We know there are many still suffering from coronavirus sicknesses in our country and across the world. We're watching for the day when the virus retreats and the sick recover. Lord, bring your light. We know that there is increasing poverty, homelessness and despair throughout our nation as businesses have failed and jobs have been lost. Lord, Bring your light. We see your church striving to meet needs, remaining faithful to your calling, and we long to see this turn into a real change in society and a new awakening to you and to the gospel of Christ. Lord, bring your light. As we pause and remember those on our hearts who need your touch, we pray over them. Lord, bring your light. Amen. Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him whilst he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. 
When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realised that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher any more? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. No. <laughs> no. No, I will not listen to them. I will go. I will go to Jesus. You will. Yes. And you will be healed by his power. By the power of God. Rabbi, please come to my house. She's dying. Please, if you come now to my house and lay your hands on her, she will be healed. Yes. I will. I will come. Oh, oh thank you. This way, not far. It's not far. Thank you. 
Who touched me? Please, Master? S someone touched me just now. Lord, everyone's touching you. Look at the crowds. I, I know, I know. Someone touched me. I felt the power go out of me. It was me, Lord. I was bleeding inside me. So many years. The doctors did nothing. I... I was afraid to come to you before all the people. So I... I just wanted to... I wanted to touch you. My daughter. <laughs> your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Master, please. Please hurry. No! Sir, don't, don't trouble the master anymore. Don't be afraid. Keep on believing. And she will be well. Hungry. Fetch her something to eat. <laughs> All right. What's happened? <laughs> oh, she's alive. All right. Oh, all This wonderful linked story about the healing and raising up of two women must be one of the best known in the Gospels. It has so many ingredients of hope and despair, anxiety and trust that it pulls our hearts to and fro as we try to enter into the experiences of those in the story. Part of the reason it affects us so much, of course, is because it just connects with so much that's happened in our own lives. You can't live for that long without experiencing heights of hope and depths of despair. We're reminded of times when we've been gripped by fear and hopelessness, unable to see a way forward. So we have some idea of what this must have been like for the woman and for the child's father. These Bible stories may be distant in time and culture, but the people in them are just like us. They're the same kind of people we are. As we read of their experiences, we see in them our own. And as they came to God and as they felt their needs were met, then we have that same hope as well. Essentially, 
This is a story about faith. Both of the main characters in the story were faced with impossible and devastating situations. A man with a dying 12-year-old daughter. A woman who had suffered from a debilitating illness for as long as that child had been alive. In their need, they both came to Jesus. One came openly, publicly and threw himself down at Jesus' feet. One came quietly, stealthily, surreptitiously, unwilling to attract attention, hoping that not even Jesus would notice her. But in their different ways, they were both putting their faith in Jesus. They'd heard about him. They'd recognised that he was their only hope. Both overcame huge barriers in coming, as we shall see. But they came. They were asking for help. Does that sound like a simple thing? But imagine what it was like in that time and society. In the midst of all kinds of sickness and oppression, the leper, the blind, the deaf, the paralytic, the outcast, someone appears who is able to intervene and bring wholeness. No wonder that wherever Jesus went, he was deluged with cries for help. Think of blind Bartimaeus outside Jericho, people trying to shut him up as he was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Or the sisters of Lazarus, the two Marys, sending for Jesus to come and heal him. In the next chapter of Mark, we read, wherever he went, into villages, towns and countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let, him, let them even touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. It sounds like the story about this woman that spread around, even touching the edge of his cloak had power to heal. And here we are, 2,000 years later. We too are surrounded by people living with difficult situations, with illnesses and oppressions. And actually, Jesus is even more amongst us than he was in those days in Galilee. Through his spirit, he is accessible to all of us all of the time. And we have all the faith-building stories from the Bible and from the years since of the miracles God has performed in people's lives. And yet, we are slow to ask for help. It was wonderful to join in a Zoom prayer meeting last Monday for a sick member of our congregation. For the first time in a while I felt as if God's people were really joining together to pray with urgency and hope. Situations like this are a real challenge to our faith. Each of the people in Mark's story had to overcome challenges in order to come to Jesus. Let's look at them and see if we can remove some of our own barriers to faith. The first barrier is pride. Do you ever feel you can't ask for help? That needing support from others is a sign of weakness? I wonder if we sometimes have that attitude towards God as well. I certainly find it much easier to battle through difficult situations than to ask God to intervene. Persevering through pain is somehow easier to handle than going out on a limb and trusting God for a miracle. Jairus was a synagogue leader. He had status in the community. He was an interpreter of God's law, someone to look up to, someone with all the answers. 
And like most of the synagogue leaders, he was probably instinctively suspicious of Jesus and his teaching. How could he approach him for help? Wouldn't that diminish his standing in his congregation? Wouldn't it discourage others if they saw he couldn't cope with disaster without throwing himself on the floor and pleading for help? You could call this the I'm something mentality. Contrast that with the I'm nothing mentality of the woman. Here's the barrier of shame, or the barrier of unworthiness. For 12 years she'd suffered with bleeding which made her ritually unclean. Leviticus 15.25, which Jairus would have known well, says that a woman who's been bleeding for many days outside her period will be unclean. That meant no one could touch her, no hugs or physical contact. She couldn't even touch the utensils or garments of other people. Imagine how that felt. We're missing hugs after just 18 months of Covid restrictions, but 12 years. And imagine the deep sense of unworthiness she felt. Not just a woman, second class already in that culture, but a woman with an unclean disease. And a woman who was now in poverty because of that disease. Who am I? Why would God take any notice of me? I'm not worthy. We can fall into a similar trap. For many reasons we feel unworthy of God's blessing in our lives. Because of our sins and failures. Because we don't do much for the kingdom. Because we're old and past it. And guess what? It's true. You're not worthy. But that's not the issue. It's about God's grace, not your goodness. It's about his worth, not your worthiness. We see one more immense barrier to faith in this story. Despair. It takes two forms, both here and in our lives. First, the woman had to overcome her history. Nothing had worked. She'd spent all she had in the search for a cure. And nothing had worked. Do you ever feel like that when you come to pray? All these years, nothing's changed. Nothing's worked. People are still sick. Family members are still away from God. The church continues to decline. Why should this prayer, on this occasion, be any different? For Jairus... The temptation to despair is even more stark. He's told that the child is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Think of Mary confronting Jesus after the death of Lazarus. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. We despair when we feel that God has failed us. Jairus had come to Jesus and yet the child was dead. The touch of Jesus. The unclean woman touched him and she was healed. First physically by the power that came from him and secondly, maybe more deeply, by the way he spoke peace over her and freed her from her suffering and alienation. 
go in peace. Our unworthiness is no barrier to Jesus. Jesus touched Jairus' daughter and she was raised from death. Time to wake up, little girl, he said, just the way her father may have woken her each morning. Our pride and our status falls away when we come helpless before him and he responds to our cry for help. Let's come to Jesus as the woman did and tell him our story of despair. Let's tell him that for years and years we have suffered and we've not found any hope and we've not found any alleviation and our circumstance has not got any better, has only got worse. And we've spent all we have spiritually to try and seek what God has for us, what we believe he has for us. Let's tell him our story of despair. Let's spill out in simple words like Jairus did the depth of our concern for those we love. Master, my daughter's dying. And let's not be afraid. But if we can't do much else, let's at least pray the prayer of another father we find a little bit further on in Mark. I do believe. Help me overcome my disbelief. May God bless us as we do what the woman did and come to Jesus and touch him. And as we do what Jairus did and come to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm faced with a situation I can't deal with. Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my disbelief. Amen. I was brought up in the Pentecostal church, not brought up, but from when I became a Christian. And we had a wonderful hymn book called Redemption Himmel, which had a lot of what would now be very obscure old hymns, but, but quite pointed and quite poignant and quite hitting the spot. And I was reminded of one as I was reading this passage and thinking about this sermon. He, she only touched the hem of his garment. Let's listen to this song. And as we do, let's make it our prayer that as we come to Jesus, as we reach out to him, we too will feel his healing touch in the area in our lives where we need it. Straightway she was whole 
Close our service now with a hymn. Lord, for the years your love has kept and guided. This hymn gives thanks to God for the fact that we are still here and we're still pressing on despite all the pitfalls and all the barriers and all the challenges on the way. God has kept us going. He sought us and saved us, pardoned and provided. And it leads us on to pray for our land in this generation that God will do a new work amongst us that he will remake us and that he will remake our nation wow. 
We finish with a closing prayer, a benediction from Dwight L. Moody, wonderful evangelist in America in the 19th century. Fill our hearts with your grace, O Lord, our souls with your love, and our lives with your glory. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord bless you this week and as you journey on. <laughs>